Do School Better, a podcast for people who want to transform education. Join Doris Corda, Hawkins School's Associate Head and Director of Entrepreneurial Studies, as she shares her experience as an educational reformer told through conversations with Assistant Directors Tim Desmond and Allison Tanker. Ladies and gentlemen, presenting the presentations. In this episode, Tim and Allison discuss the different types of presentations students experience in this course. They also explain how students shift away from their inclination to prove mastery of content and to the presentation of a compelling story. They discuss the extraordinarily high quality of student presentations in this course and how that develops. In the program, the students have to present a lot throughout the course, where, whether that's just to the teachers initially in shareouts and then to their peers, eventually then to the community members and, and the CEO of the business. Uh, can you talk a bit about how you really get the students to develop those presentation skills, uh, not only verbally, but visually, how they're designing the, the presentations and all of that? Yes, definitely. There are varying levels of presentation, I guess we could call them. So they're early on when the kids are still trying to figure out, first of all, what the course is about, but they're really grappling with the business problem that they're facing. And they're so overwhelmed with the challenge that uh, the idea of presenting <laughs> at that point is pretty frightening to them. So early on, we've started calling them more like shareouts. And they are, uh, they are presentations, but they are not meant to be highly polished or, or really deep at that point. They're, they're pretty early on, they're basically sharing with us what they know, what they've learned, sort of where they want to go. Uh, and early on, they are very much consistent with what you would see in any sort type of classroom presentation. Mm -hmm. uh, there are misspellings and there are formatting errors and there's a lot of black text on white background and there are a lot of um, stock photos with the watermark still on them in the middle of the slides. And, you know, everything that you would expect uh, high school students to do in, in a presentation. And the presentations themselves are usually pretty brutal to sit through. They are, uh, they're either my, uh, they meander or there's um, one student in particular who may be dominant and, and not create room for the others, or it may be designed that way. They may have a team and they say, wow, Joey, you're a great presenter. You should go and sort of present this whole thing. So that's kind of how they start out. Mm -hmm. and, and what we're working towards at the end, uh, as, as you saw, is this a, a final presentation that does have polish, that is uh, well-rehearsed but still passionate. Mm -hmm. uh, a presentation that they can feel comfortable standing in front of not only a room full of their peers and their teachers, but people from the outside and whether... That could be investors, that could be other local business people, it's the CEO of the company or, or the startup that we're, we happen to be working with. And so the stakes get pretty high. And I think what's sort of consistent about that, that's consistent in our entire program, is we don't teach them those presentation skills. We don't have a, a, a presentation skills day where we lecture on how to do presentations and they take notes. They learn by doing. And they start out by doing them pretty terribly, and then hopefully by the end, they're, they're much better. So uh, like everything we do, it's this idea of rather than prepare them, just go ahead and do it, and then you'll learn from that. 
I, I do remember actually in the first round of share outs this semester, the critiques we gave back to the groups were very direct as feedback tends to be. Uh, and I remember specifically one group we mentioned, hey, those, that slide deck is pretty elementary. It really needs to you know, be brought up to the next level and how they were shocked and slightly offended. They were like, what do you mean? This is what I always present. And for them then to watch grow over the semester and have really much more sophisticated slide decks by the end. I don't know if you want to share a bit about your reaction. Yeah, I, I remember exactly which team you're talking about, and they joked about it at, and later on that how Mr. Desmond said mean things about our slide deck. <laughs> uh, and, and, and yeah, I think that's something that this this particular way of learning fosters is this transparency and this ability to be really direct with kids in ways that are that are meaningful and relevant. Uh, we're not saying things to cut them down, or we're not saying things intentionally to for any other reason other than. We want them to get better, and if we don't give that kind of direct, honest feedback, they don't know how to get better. So I, I do distinctly remember that, and 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 their their next presentation was much better, if I remember. That's right. <laughs> so yeah, the very next one out of the out of the gate, and also to watch who steps into that role, and to be able to see uh, some of the team members as they're uh, moving through the three different business challenges start to try their hand a bit at uh, kind of the creative graphic design elements of a slide deck or how they best want to represent their ideas on the slide. Uh, I'm curious if you have any examples of students you've worked with in past semesters who really sort of found their uh, knack for creative design uh, through the presentations. There, there are two in particular who I remember who maybe um, they didn't necessarily discover their affinity for graphic design, but they really stepped into it and really recognized it as a strength and worked hard to make it even better. And I think that's, that's something we see a lot, not necessarily with just graphic design, but this idea of students um, becoming to uncover who they are and then really kind of getting really good at that. And, and that, that's a really exciting thing to see. I mean, we, we don't let any kids off the hook. You, you, you can't not present, right? Mm -hmm. But you can certainly, the teams develop their own roles, especially in the presentations. And so you do get these kids who maybe were kind of, you know, goofing around with Photoshop and they knew a couple things, but now they start applying that in, in this context and they really thrive. And that's, that's really exciting to see. And I, I know there were a few in particular and I, I was, I wanted to ask you, I think one of your first interactions with our program before you came on board was seeing some of these final presentations. I wonder if you could talk about sort of what that impressed, how that impressed, what impression that made on you from the outside, not knowing much about the program beforehand. Sure. Yeah, that's a good point because I did come in expecting, okay, these are high school kids. We'll see what they've got. And I had come to one of each of the presentations, so the business one, business two, business three, and then their final presentations. And I remember it was in the business two that I stepped back and I thought, wow, these kids must know a lot about how to use you know, different elements in Google Slides or uh, even PowerPoint that surprised me because I remember being in school and 
how basic, you know, you keep the text box where it is and you just type in the bullets and all of that. But I remember it was into uh, the course a bit where they really started to understand the purpose of a presentation to be really, you know, a visual aid that has compelling statistics and validation points that help them tell their story. And that the first business generally tends to be a, a report sort of style. Right. Whereas as you move forward, you know, the, the, this is when we started to see uh, slide decks with just one strong point or quote right in the center with, you know, a either in white or black font that was fairly sizable and a large image thrown over the entire backdrop of the slide where I thought, wow, they're, they're starting to understand the better ways to communicate their ideas and that the entire purpose of having a slide deck up behind you isn't to prove you know, uh, where they started and, and having all these points and overwhelm the audience with all this data. Although sometimes they do, and sometimes that's compelling, mm -hmm. given what they're specifically talking about. But for them to move to a place and, and to watch that growth, I imagine I was like, wow, they must be doing a lot on the back end. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, and I really, I did think that you were leading workshops or you were doing, you had to be doing something to get the kids there. And now after my first semester on the inside, I realized, wow, no, they've, they just had to be in the trenches for a while and realize how poorly they were communicating first. Yeah, your, your point about having evidence on the slide, I think, is what, that's how they come to us. And I, I, I know, I don't think I know this because I've been a classroom teacher for a long time. I know in most student presentations, the understated or implicit demand on the student is prove your mastery of whatever this content knowledge was that we were studying. Mm -hmm. So the easiest way to do that is just to throw it all up on a slide and maybe even read from it. And, and, you're, and you, you as a student think, wow, look at that. I have seven PowerPoint slides up there, and I've loaded them with stuff, and I'm going to read all these bullet points to you. And I think our kids quickly realize that anyone can do that, and there's nothing compelling about that. And, and that's almost a given. So we're sort of taking them for where they think is mastery and saying, no, that's, that's your starting point. Right. And now what you need to do is be able to communicate all that in a way that doesn't bore people to tears. <laughs> and that's the art of presenting. And it isn't, it, it's not an exact science. It's really hard to teach that, which is why I think doing it is a better way of, of learning it. And I think you can probably attest to this, especially this last uh, semester. We have one particular student uh, who I think I, you know who I'm talking about, who really made a really nice slide deck. Mm -hmm. And then the other team started emulating that style. And, yes. and we never said that. We never... It just naturally happened because they recognized the power in it and they could see it and they could feel it. And that's really cool when that kind of thing happens. It certainly is. And I, I remember talking to some people this semester after the presentations, those who were in the audience, you know, different people from the school community and more broadly the, the local community who came out to see the students. And that they specifically commented on how impressed they were that the students were certainly not reading from a slide deck, but were so familiar with their solution, with the material, everything they were suggesting, that they were very off the cuff. So much so that in the Q&A with the uh, CEO after their 
however long, eight minute presentation, they then have a few minutes for Q&A, that here the entrepreneur asks them a question and they're able to just jump. They, they answer the question because they are that familiar and they even had some extra slides that they would flip to that I know always tends to wow some of the people in the audience who really don't expect it out of high school kids. Yeah, that was something uh, that I remember specifically, I remember Doris mentioning the first time and I hadn't thought of it before that. And then when I saw it and I saw the effect it had on the audience, and especially the other teachers in the room, because mm -hmm. there's, you know, there's one thing if your students sort of rehearse a presentation and they get up there and they just perform it as if they were delivering lines from a play. Like that's one thing. But then to sort of not only anticipate what the questions are going to be, but then have slides to address those questions, that's pretty impressive. And I think... Um, I think it was the guys from Beam Dental were the ones that commented yes. on that, that said, you know, we don't see those kind of slide decks in, in, in the startup world, let alone from a bunch of high school kids. And they were really kind of blown away by that. The one thing we should mention that we didn't touch upon in this conversation is the fact that these presentations represent just a small fraction of the wealth of information and, and things that they've uncovered and researched and, and they only have a, a, a certain number of minutes, six to eight minutes, depending on the presentation to present. So can you, can you talk about the, the initial struggle students have with trying to, trying to get everything they want in but knowing that they can't? Absolutely. Yeah, it's, this is where it starts to become a bit of an art form where the students are all racing to again, prove all of the research they've done and put as much detail into these presentations as they can and trying to divide out, well, you know, you did a bunch of research on this specific topic under our challenge and, and you did a bunch on this, so you talk about that and you talk about this and only take 30 seconds because we've got to get through to the next slide. And you start to see they're almost racing through, not breathing, trying to cram as much as they can into these presentations and initially when they do this in, in a share out format in front of their peers they start to realize how unaffected that is really that they're they aren't able to really follow or be persuaded that whatever solution that team is suggesting actually makes any sense because they're just trying to keep up they're just trying to follow through all these words on a slide and listen to multiple people you know, racing through whatever they're uh, trying to trying to persuade everyone to believe, and to start to see then, and and we do work with them a bit. I would say we we push back on that a lot, and over time to watch as they realize the importance of of simplicity in a lot of ways, uh, both from a storytelling perspective, but but also um, on that notion of, of 80-20, where when you're sharing a lot of your initial uh, proposed solutions to the CEO and the team, that you give them a bit, you give them just enough, you give them that 20%, when in reality you have 80 behind the scenes ready to go, and in the presentation, you start to see that when the CEO will ask the question during Q&A and, and the students have a whole heap of 
information to share out afterwards, but also uh, we set up time after the presentations for the CEO and, and their team to sit down with the student teams one-on-one -on -one for, for a, a decent amount of time to let the students actually share their, uh, their research and they generally write out you know, significant reports and all of this that they can really hand over a lot of market research to uh, the CEO. And having them make that distinction where when you're presenting something in truly trying to tell a story so that people are compelled to listen and really believe in what you're, what you're I don't want to say selling per se, but what you're proposing, uh, it's, it's a sophisticated place for them to have to move to. And really actually an impressive skill that I know in the working world is not really refined for many people. And to be able to watch high school students move there within you know, three to four months through a course is pretty exciting. For more information and resources, go to doschoolbetter.com. Podcasts created by Tim Desmond. Doris Corda and Allison Tanker. Produced by Tim Desmond.